Linus tells me that you're on some sort of a road trip? Uh, yeah, up to San Francisco. Well, not anymore, fellas. The only place he's going is back to Ohio. We can't do that. Uh, just what's so important in San Francisco? Star Wars. Star Wars? Linus, it's just a movie. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is. You know what? To most people, Star Wars is just a movie, right? Not to us. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl Leclerc and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out. Here, in the Wampa's Lair. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 292, Star Wars Pilgrimage. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Luke Skywalker to my R2-D2, because we're best of friends. We have Carl Flair. <laughs> oh, Jason, we are best of friends. I we like are. that introduction very much. So, um, oh, I'm so excited to be talking with you this week and getting to relive um, the amazingness of last week while we were out in San Francisco. That was so much fun, and I can't wait to kind of dive into all that we did and all that we experienced and all that we learned about our love for Star Wars while we were out there. Um, oh my goodness. I, I, uh, I had such a blast. I'm so glad you talked me into it. Um, like you literally told me, you know, back in like March. So I'm going to go to San Francisco. I want you to come with me. You should come to, you know, we should do this, uh, Star Wars pilgrimage vacation. And I was like, Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'll look into it. And you're like, and then, like, the next week, I bought my plane ticket. You should buy one, too. <laughs> I was relentless. The you Jedi were. And I was relentless. like, I will. <laughs> I will buy my plane ticket. So, <laughs> Well, I'm very glad that you did because we I'm had so, so happy. much fun. Now, for those of you who, who follow us on social media, um, we have been kind of hinting at something for the past week about a little surprise that we have for all of you this week. And um, bef- rather than waiting till the end of the episode for something like this, and some of you are probably going to be like, this is a no-duh, Carl, but I don't care. It's very exciting for us. Um, we are happy to announce that we are now going to formally have a third co-host once a month on the podcast moving forward. And without further ado, it's our third co-host. It's Katie Horn. Oh, hello. I'm going to pull back my hood dramatically. It's the big reveal. Surprise here. Oh, and I have a double lightsaber. What do you think of that? (laughs) We'll handle this. Um, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Katie, I'm so happy that uh, you decided to, you know, accept our invitation to come on once a month and, and be part of the show officially. Oh, guys, I'm just so flattered and so honored that you want to have me on regularly. This is it's so very exciting. I love talking Star Wars with you guys. Just but yes, (laughs) (laughs) all the yes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And to be honest, folks, uh, 
we got comments when Katie, you know, came on to talk uh, about some of the solo responses and when she filled in for me when I had to un- unexpectedly uh, not be here, like, one episode. Um, and y'all were very complimentary towards her, and even we got a few su- suggestions that we add her to the show, and we were already kind of thinking about it. But, yes, uh, so y'all y'all helped uh, influence this decision, so thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Kiss, well, kiss, thank you. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, I think, Katie, I mean, like we told you, which, by the way, we got to meet up with you while we were out in San Francisco, which was amazing. Um, oh, that was so cool. That was so much fun. And we got to spend a day together, um, which which was great, which we'll get into a little bit more later. But, um, you know, the thing that we both adore about you, and clearly so many of the folks that listen to the show adore about you, is you love to have fun and you have such a tremendous depth about your knowledge of Star Wars. And it's a depth of knowledge that neither Jason and I have because it's yours. And it's so cool to have another perspective. Oh, God. I'm blushing so hard. Thank you, guys. And thank you for everybody that just put out their support for me and was like, hey, we want to hear her more often. That's just, that's so amazing. Carl and Jason, you guys have both worked so hard to put together this amazing podcast. And again, I'm just so flattered and so honored that you want to share it with me at all. That's that's incredibly amazing. I'm incredibly, incredibly humbled, which isn't very Darth Maul-like at all. So, you know. <laughs> Jason, before we know it, Katie's going to come on and be like, I am the podcast. We're like, exactly. oh, right, if, right. She's going to what have we done? <laughs> She's going to raise a mercenary army, and I'm going to have to uh, say, you are no longer my apprentice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that's what, he, gonna, well, that's what Jason's going to say to me, and I'll be like, you've been replaced. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so it's been nice knowing y'all. I love to doing this. <laughs> Oh man! I'll just be like I'll be out in the desert screaming, Carl! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! gosh. So anyway, we uh, a rat in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great episode! Uh, yes. <laughs> oh man! So yes. So there you go, everyone. Um, we are so happy that Katie Katie is going to be joining us. Like we said, every every month. Um, tentatively, it's going to be the last podcast of every month. So la- the last episode of every month, Katie will be on to formally be a co-host, and probably every now and then. Besides that, anyway, because she's great. Um, so you know, and that's the that's the great thing, and and we'll get into again a little bit more of this. But being out in San Francisco, like. Jason, this was the first time you and I have ever hung out, not at a Star Wars convention, which right. was really great. It had a different level of, um, I don't know, there, there was just such a freedom to it because was, there was not very much that was like hard planned. No, um, no. Our, our, our Saturday, we got out there on Friday. Saturday was fully planned and booked up. But other than that, we kind of just had a freedom to kind of do whatever we wanted to. And we got to take it easy some days, and it was really, really fun. And, you know, a lot more of an intimate sort of trip between you and I because we're not scrambling the whole time to try and make sure we hit every panel we want to see, you know, hit all of our flights, uh, you know, see all of the people that we're trying to to meet up with since the last time we saw them at the previous celebration or whatever, you know. Um, celebrations are awesome and fun, but they are a roller coaster from start to finish um and so this was kind of just nice to hang out and just you know take our time and we took a road trip essentially saturday uh which was flipping awesome and i 
I just had a blast hanging with you, Carl. Well, I'd like to say the same, and therefore I will. <laughs> oh, good. Good. You had me worried there for a minute. Um, so really quick, before we kind of hop – so this episode we do – we want to talk about, um, again, like kind of what, what we got up to while we were out in San Francisco. And then um, like we talked about last week when we kind of gave you a little preview – is talking about like kind of these thin spaces in Star Wars, which we'll, if, if you're still wondering what that might mean, we'll get into that um, uh, pretty shortly. But before we get into any of that, just for fun, because I, I kind of finally learned how to use Twitter. So up until really last week, Jason did all of the, tw- the tweeting, tweeting, t- twittering, uh, tweeting, Which, twi- twitching. It wasn't much, you know, right, yeah. it, it is tweeting, by tweeting. the way, Carl. Thank you. Uh, which wasn't much, I will admit, but I was working on it, trying to be a little more interactive. Yeah. Um, but well, while we were on vacation, Carl and I were like checking Twitter like every hour. Oh, yeah. It was and, pretty fun. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I learned it's not very hard to use. Which it's kind of <laughs> obvious, but uh, so anyway, we're trying to just kind of you know up our presence a little bit more on Twitter, um, mainly because it does seem to be the most popular form of social media these days. Um, so it's not to say that we're not going to be on Facebook, but because we'll, we certainly will. But Twitter seems to have a little bit more of a I don't know user friendly response rate. So just for fun today, I this is not a normal formal like Wampusler poll, and we will have a matchup for you at the end of this episode. But just for fun, because I was thinking about this, as I've had plenty of time to do, because I'm on vacation still, and it's wonderful. Um, <laughs> sorry, Jason. Um, and uh, I just asked folks, you know, um, of the fo- I, I kind of listed just a couple of Star Wars set pieces and asked folks which they would most like to be able to like stand on, which would you like most like to be able to visit. So I gave the option of Luke's garage on Tatooine, also the you know the garage in Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Um, the Carbonite Chamber, the Executor Bridge, and Theed Palace. And as of right now, it still has until tomorrow to finish. But as of right now, um, coming in at last place is Luke's Garage with 15% of the votes. Then the third place is the Executor Bridge coming in at 27%. Very close after that is the Carbonite Chamber at 28%. And then at 30%, which I know you voted for, Katie, is the Theed Palace. Yeah, I just... <laughs> Can you imagine actually standing in there with, I know it doesn't really have those high sweeping ceilings and the marble floors. I know it really doesn't have all of that, but just being able to stand where Padme was, which just blew my mind. <laughs> I think I think if I walked in, like within the first 10 seconds, I would have to say, it's outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> it's unthinkable. <laughs> it's outrageous. But after four trials in the Supreme Court, <laughs> I'd be like, Gunray is still viceroy of the Trade Federation. <laughs> I would be like staring contemplatively at a wall, and you're all like, "Katie, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "There's a window here." Shush! In my head, there's a there's a window here, and I'm staring, and the they're well, invading. The, the amazing <laughs> thing is that most of the set for the Theed Palace is a real palace in Italy. Really, I thought yeah. some of it, or maybe I'm thinking of like you know, Duel of the Fates. You know, where most of that is is yeah. a blue screen. But that's right. really cool. Yeah, like the throne room area, that sort of stuff, the staircase, mm-hmm. that's a real palace in Italy. Oh, my God. Just, oh, my God, if I was really there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't think that's actually where, that, of, of those four, Carl, that's that would have been my pick as well, is the, the Theed Palace. Well, let me challenge you, Jason. We've been doing this six and a half years. What do you think I would have picked? Uh, Executor Bridge. What? Oh, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> what? I, I, uh, what? 
what? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the carbon freezing chamber, of course. Obviously. Um, yes, obviously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. think they'd have all the orange floodlights oh, and, and the smoke effect going? Like, they would have to. <laughs> fog machines come, coming You'd out have to. Yeah. Oh, if, if Carl is going to step foot on it, you have to have all the, the lights and the smoke machines and everything. He, he'd bring his own smoke machine, just in case they didn't have any. <laughs> I brought a backup. <laughs> Can't have too many smoke machines. <laughs> Carl, this is a fire hazard. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, put, it out with the, worry. we'll put it out with the carbonite. <laughs> impressive. Oh. Most impressive. Oh, okay. Uh, so, um, well... As as those of you know, if you've been listening to the to the show recently, um, like we said, Jason and I were fortunate enough to be able to make a little trip out to San Francisco this past week. We were out there for uh, five days, which was great. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, a lot of it was very Star Wars oriented, um, and most uh. most of it, most of it was done on Saturday, and then we did um, one last thing on Monday before we left. Um, so just kind of wanted to hit some of the things we got to do and, and the excitement behind it. So the first thing we did was we got up Saturday morning when we were out there and uh, rented a car and drove up um, north of San Francisco to do – the first thing we were going to do in the morning was hike in the Redwood Forest. And neither of us have ever been in a Redwood Forest before. So I was pretty stoked about that just from this – just even the sheer sense of seeing a Redwood in real life. Um, and right. it was – amazing yeah like, no it was it was fantastic and when we almost you know had a freak out because the first place we were going to go we weren't able to get in we're like oh god what are we going to do uh, but thankfully there was another place that we were within close driving distance that we were able to go and we found this awesome little grotto that we were able to hang out in and play around um there, someone had built a little fort um in it uh and so I, we have a video uh on our Twitter account of us, you know, marching through that little grotto area, blasting parade of the Ewoks on our Twitter account. So if you, (laughs) if you want to see the goofiness that we got up to, you should go check that out. Um, But yeah, no, it was really cool. And you know, kind of just from, you know, revenge of the revenge of the Jedi return of the Jedi. Um, that was the original title. Uh, Return of the Jedi and you know other pictures and stuff, just how big Redwoods are in theory. But until you actually get there and you stand next to one and you're just craning your head looking up to try and find the top, it doesn't do it justice. So they're pretty big. <laughs> right. And, you know, I mean, and, and like a little bit, unfortunately, like the, the place we were going to go would have probably been thicker with Redwoods with and bigger and taller Redwoods. Um but uh, like like you said, Jason, you know, unfortunately we couldn't get in there um, only because they had a shuttle service only. And the next available shuttle service was like right before our, our tour at Rancho. So we had no choice. <laughs> we couldn't yeah. come back. Um, but we did. We found a great park. Um, I think it was Samuel T. Taylor Park or Samuel Sam- P. T.F. Samuel P. Taylor. Right. Um, and it was great. I mean, it was it was a little bit smaller than where we were planning to go. But it's still I mean, for someone who's never seen the Redwoods, it was enough for me to be blown away. Um, right. Not to mention the park ranger who was absolutely beautiful. Um, <laughs> that's a separate issue. Um, 
Yeah, she, she was. Uh, yes, Car- Carl. Uh, I drove was, by my was contemplating going back and trying to get her number. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> was it? Uh, was that that Ewok princess whose name I can't remember? Was that? Who uh, <laughs> exactly N- that? Was? Nala. Is that it? Nala. What's her name? Oh, Nisa. 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 That's right. That's right. Nisa. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. my gosh. No, because that not unless she George. she would have been not like unless 12. she was you know taller with uh, blonde curly hair. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. But uh, anyway, yeah, it was it was so much fun just like marching around. And like this is again like this is why I love doing this stuff with you, Jason, because it's so fun to just like be playful. Like it was a lot of fun just like goofing around in the woods. Like we like you said, we found a fort that someone else had built. Um, uh, I wish we could take credit for it because it was pretty dope. Um, It was. And uh like it was just so much fun. We found this, like you said, like this great little grove um, opening that really did m- mimic Endor. Um, it had the ferns, it had the, f- the the trees, it had a fallen tree that we took turns marching across because why not? And <laughs> the whole time we were just blasting prey to the Ewoks, and it was amazing. Like it was just so much fun. Yeah, and I I, I had a so much fun doing it. And I, I like getting out and hiking anyways, but this was just really cool to get out and hike in an area that is so much like return of the Jedi, you know, so, so much like Endor. Um, and it was just neat. Obviously, you know, they filmed the, the Endor scenes, uh, in a forest that's much closer to the border of California and Oregon, which was much farther than we could actually get, uh, while being in San Francisco, it would have been like six or seven hours to get there from where we were staying. Um, but this was this was kind of a, a nice little taste of um, of what we were going for. And it, it was definitely great, but it's also whetted my appetite for perhaps a visit in the future. Yes. Completely Good agree. news. You're yeah. now part of the tribe. <laughs> wonderful just what wonderful. i always wanted wonderful we are now a part of the tribe <laughs> what i always wanted <laughs> well you're part of our little tribe now katie <gasps> it is what i always wanted do <laughs> <laughs> so you have anything else you wanted to talk about the the redwoods carl or shall we move on no we can move on I mean, again i mean if you've never been into a redwood forest and you have the opportunity obviously do it <laughs> I mean, even just from a purely like sense of beautiful nature, it was it was gorgeous. Um, yeah. and it was especially nice because obviously I live I live in Boston, so I mean it's city life almost all the time. And while I certainly love it, I love being able to be out in nature occasionally. And this was so much more so. I mean, I remember commenting to you as soon as we stepped out of the car. I'm like, wow, it just it smells like clean. It smells beautiful here. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I could smell Ewok everywhere. <laughs> and it that was, that was glorious. <laughs> Wet Ewok. Yeah. I was like, where, um, "Where's Tebow? I want to. I want to cuddle. Where's Where's Chief Chirpa? I want to talk about <laughs> you know, like the mystical side of things. You know. Yep, oh yep. no, actually, I want Logre for that, not Chief Chirpa. Excuse me, <laughs> my mistake. <laughs> um, I'd I'd be out wandering the woods with Wicket. <laughs> yes, yes, you would. <laughs> I have a I have a backpack shaped like Wicked. It's really cute. It's like he's his his arms are over your shoulders, and then it's like he's hanging onto your back. <laughs> oh. That's what I would have done. I would have been running around the forest with Wicked on my back. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Nice. Where's Katie? I don't know. She's they'll think she's with Wicket. So <laughs> um, she's swinging from vines. <laughs> yeah, she's now she's apparently in Indiana Jones four. Um, oh, so, love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we left um, from hiking, and we we had a little bit of time before our tour in Rancho at our at Rancho. So we decided to hit up Imagination Park, which is in San Elms, Anselmo. I might be saying it wrong. Do you not say that, Katie? Did I say that wrong? San Anselmo? I have no idea. Okay. It sounds, sounds right. Roll with it. Yeah. It's just, I mean, just a small town in northern California, north of San Francisco. And this is, they, it's so funny, right, Jason? Because they call it a park, but it's like a grass circle with a fountain. It's not really a <laughs> right. park. Um, and it's right next to like a, a public library, which, which it was a, like a really cute little town. Um, and then just like kind of like this little grass center with a fountain. And then on that fountain is the statue of Indiana Jones and Yoda, both of which were, you know, purposely given by George Lucas for that park. Um, and we just kind of sat there for a while, just listening to the bubbling fountain and checking out these really cool statues. And there was something about that little town that just it's like, yeah, this is obviously the sort of town that inspired George Lucas. Maybe not specifically for Star Wars, but you could feel like an American graffiti feel to it for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there is you can definitely see why a place like that would be a source of inspiration for George, you know, because he's a you know, he's a, a roadster. He likes cruising. Uh, you know, everyone knows his his uh, stories about his his cruising days um, in his car, you know, and everything. But um, it was definitely an area that would inspire someone to to sit and think and dream and imagine things. And um, the really cool thing about the fountain is that they also had plaques um, on it. Uh, one it said that, uh, you know. Star Wars, you know, conceived here in, I think it was, what, 1973 or 74, something like that, you yeah. know. Um, and Indiana Jones had, like, another one that's, you know, conceived here a couple of years later, you know. So, obviously, before they were even made into films, uh, they were conceived of and thought of there at the little, you know, in San Anselmo, in Imagination Park. It probably was not called Imagination Park back then, but still, it was really neat. And, and you know, you know, since he donated the the two statues there, that um, he he definitely enjoyed spending time in that area. And it was a really neat place to. We just sat on a bench and and you know looked around and enjoyed the. Uh, the sunshine and the, the listening to the fountain and everything. And it was a really comfortable place to sit. And I could definitely have sat and stared at those statues for hours and let my mind wander and, and you know, imagine and dream things and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it was, it was definitely a place that Imagination Park uh, is a good name. Yes. Yeah, because it certainly sparked the imagination. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, and then we still had like a little bit more time to kill before our, our scheduled tour at Rancho. So, um, when you, when you get like the confirmation stuff from Rancho Obi-Wan, they send you, um, because again, it's a, it's a private residence, like it's Steve Sansweet's private rev- residence. So they really don't want you arriving earlier, just kind of driving around the road, which also makes sense. Cause it is like a really back road, <laughs> you know I mean? It's, it's old farm country. Um, right. 
And so, like, you know, they send you a, a list of suggested places to check out in case you're early or whatever, which is great. Um, and they suggested this place called Brian's Comics, and we stopped in there. And and, and I, Brian's Comics is in Petaluma, Petaluma, right, yes, California, right, which is where Rancho Obi Wan is. And I, I mean, I'm not like a comic book store connoisseur, but of the comic book shops I've been to, I think Brian's might have been one of the coolest, if not the coolest. Um, and I think part of that is one, it's very clear that like, it's in a way catered to star Wars. I mean, all comic book shops have a big presence for star Wars because you know, that's a huge part of that culture. But right when you walk into Brian's comics, there's this really cool painting of the Moss Eisley Cantina. That's like, you know, similar to one that Macquarie had done. And, um, Brian told us that, you know, just a, a regular patron had painted it for him, which is also really cool. Um, and that's also the other big highlight of Brian's comics. It's literally Brian himself. He was such a great guy. Um, we, Jason and I, we chatted with him for a good 15, 20 minutes before we went over to our tour. And, you know, he told us that he's, you know, he, he was a pretty big regular at Rancho Obi-Wan. He used to volunteer there a lot back in the day. So he really gave us kind of a cool sense of like some of the background and the history of Rancho. Um, before we even went. And he even said, he's like, well, I don't want to share too much because I don't want to repeat anything they're going to say, like, which was really cool. Um, yeah. And uh, I asked him about Skywalker Ranch. I was like, oh, have you ever been to Skywalker Ranch? And he told us how he, he was fortunate enough to, to go one time because we really wanted to drive by it because I thought you could see it from the road. That is not the case. <laughs> um, no, not at all. Brian told us that, which I'm glad he did because if we had tried to do it and not been able to see it, I think I might have been a little disappointed. But since we knew that going in, I, you know, it, there was no reason to be disappointed. So, um, yeah. So anyway, like that was just, it was like a fun little shop to just hang out in and he was wonderful. So again, if you're ever around Petaluma, California, check out Brian's comics. It was great. Yeah. I, I did purchase a few of the Poe Dameron trade paperbacks, um, fr- from there. So, uh, I, I started my Poe Dameron trade paperback collection with Brian, um, and I've now extended, <laughs> expanded it. So I did go to Barnes Noble, last over the weekend and get some more because i'm i'm liking the trade paperback thing again (laughs) (laughs) yeah well because we were there and peeking through comics you got me turned on to the vader series the second vader series oh my gosh it's so good yeah if you you aren't reading the current vader series of comic of comics you should it's really good and it, it takes place between uh revenge of the sith and a new hope um so it's it's the early days uh, for Vader, and it's it's really good. So I, I won't say much more, but you should check it out. Yeah, I, I'm loving it. I'm so very much loving it. <laughs> it's so good, and uh, we will have to do something on 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 that soon. Because I agree, we've never talked comics on the show, and I think that'd be fun to do. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so we went from. Sorry, by the way, Katie, I'm so sorry that you have to listen to oh, all this no again. We 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 got to see Katie on. Uh, we saw you on Sunday, I believe. Mm-hmm, that's yeah. right, Sunday. <laughs> we so uh, Katie. But Katie, if you have any, if you have any this. questions about any of this stuff, <laughs> jump in. Like, oh, absolutely, get involved. Get involved. Oh, you know me. I'm not shy. I'm just I'm grinning ear to ear hearing you talk about the Poe Dameron comic because I love that one, and I also have not picked up Vader. I know that I should. Everybody says it's great. Um, but uh, but I'm where my heart belongs right now is with the Poe Dameron comic and also the Mall comic that came out last year. Excellent. So. Oh, I did read that and it was excellent. Oh, it was so good, I cried. 
When when it comes to Maul and Katie, that's not difficult, though. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I listen to his tone poem and then just, you know, the tears just start flowing. Fear. Uh, but no, I'm I'm hanging on here with like uh, with bated breath because you guys are getting on to uh, to the part where you go to Rancho Obi Wan, right? That's like that's the big Kahuna. Yes, oh my gosh, it really is. And again, we've got to give a shout out uh, because we we couldn't have done this without Scott Rifen. Um, right. He is such a good friend to both of us, and um, we got we got to give him some Ewok love here, real quick. Hold on. <laughs> I told him I was going to do this on the show. <laughs> but, uh, good. We, I mean, seriously, Scott is such a good guy. Like, again, this, he was the reason we set all this up. I mean, I, when I reached out to him last, you know, this past, uh, you know, like late winter, early, early spring, I was essentially just trying to ask him how I go about setting it up. Like, how do I get the tickets? All that. Cause I knew Scott had a relationship there. And then Scott just bought us a membership and set it up. And I was like, whoa, yeah. Scott, you did not have to do that. Um, but it, it's just the kind of guy he is. And he, you know, his, his, what he told us was, he goes, look at guys, I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to get out there. You go have fun. Just send me the pictures. Um, and uh, oh, so, I haven't sent him any pictures. Have you? Oh, I've, no. I've, sent, I've sent him a couple, but you guys um, have one job. I know. Yeah, I know. I, I, <laughs> to be fair, we, we did send him one right away when we went out to dinner afterwards. Um, he was okay. the first he was the first person we messaged. Um, that is true. We did. And he got right back to us, as he often does. Um, but yeah, he, Scott is just such a like, again, like what a big heart that guy has. Like he did not have to do that. And yet he chose to. Um, but uh, yeah. Rancho was amazing. Now, Jason, I know you weren't crazy about it, but I loved it. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. What? I, I just threw Jason under the uh, the, the Ronto there. <laughs> I'm not crazy about it. I was speechless <laughs> half the time. Like, no, seriously, everyone has probably seen pictures of Rancho Obi-Wan. The pictures don't even come close to doing this place justice. Um, it is freaking amazing. And when you, you know, when we got to talk to Steve at the end, which we'll set that aside for now because that was another amazing experience in and of itself. Um, but when you, you know, we're talking to Steve and we find out that what's in the museum is probably only about twenty percent of the collection. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, oh. Katie. <laughs> so, so you're standing there going, "Oh my gosh, I've never seen so much Star Wars in one place in my whole life." And he goes, "Yeah, there's about four times as much of this in <gasps> warehouses and storage, you know, <laughs> lockers and everything." And you're like, "What? You know, uh, what? I can't breathe. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't breathe." <laughs> oh, are you thinking about Padme too? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the thought. Of not being with you? I can't breathe. Can't breathe. Oh my, my heart God. is beating, hoping <laughs> that this trip will not become a scar. Oh, so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um Yeah, no, uh, you're exactly on point there, Jason. Like when he revealed that particular number, I was just like, uh what? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Because <laughs> there's so much stuff. And right. to be fair, like even of everything that is there, there's probably a good 
of everything that's in these particular like in this particular museum there's a lot of stuff that's behind the scenes too right there's things in boxes up on shelves behind shelves so even of what's there probably I would guess 70% of it is on display of what's there. There's probably even 30% of what's actually in that facility not even on display. Right. Um, right. So what's on display is probably about 15% of his entire collection. Right. Yeah. It's nuts. Yes. It's absolutely nuts. Um, and <laughs> the funny thing is, is he came out and was trying to, you know, say, does anyone have any questions? He's trying to start conversation and everyone's like really quiet and, you know, going, oh, my gosh, what do we say to Steve Sansweet? And he goes, you know, anybody have any questions? Like, am I crazy? And finally, I, I just sort of like looked around and went, well, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and then he just a new hopes Jason right in the face. <laughs> and he goes, damn right I am. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'm so happy you brought that. Jason back. has a black eye from Steve Sansweet. It's pretty great. You got a signature, right? <laughs> he he, he kind of laughed and chuckled and said maybe, and then proceeded to tell a story, which kind of broke the ice and you know yeah. warmed the, the crowd up from there. But yeah, no, it was really great. Uh, the the library was fascinating. Oh, Just yeah. you know all the different things in there, um, and of course all the shelves have you know statuettes and other things on display um and just the amount of books that's in there is really awesome and you're not supposed to touch any of it um <laughs> how can you not how can no, you, yeah. the how really do you hold gra- back the really crazy thing is there is a shelf with boxes on it like you know document boxes on it and it says original scripts or you know and things like the that sacred jedi text <laughs> <laughs> oh, read them have you page turners they were not they were not um <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah seriously he's got things like that and like manuscripts from some of the books uh you know things like that in in his collection and it's like how do you get this how did you get a hold of this and stuff? And I think probably the most entertaining story that we heard about how Steve got something. Um, Carl, do you want to tell it? The, the, the Qui-Gon costume pieces? Do you remember oh, the story? Oh, yeah, or do you yeah, want me to yeah. Tell it? No, yeah. I, I, yeah, I can tell it. So um, I just, I've been talking and I don't want to Yeah, no, you're good. Mind. Actually, I'm thinking to myself too. Like there's so many things. I kind of want to walk folks through the tour, but I also don't want to because if you haven't been and you get the opportunity to, there are some like little surprise moments. I don't want to ruin that for folks that will have this opportunity later. Um, right. But I don't think this is anything huge. But yeah, he had like some pieces of Qui-Gon Jinn's outfit from the shooting set from Phantom Menace. And they were from the the wax model they use when they're burning Qui-Gon at the end of the film. So Steve was there that day on set and you're right. They had melted this model. I mean, it wasn't completely melted, but it was like this wet melted mess. And they just kind of dragged it out towards a dumpster. And Steve waited till all the crew was gone. Then went out to the set dumpster. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's on lunch and Steve sneaks out to the dumpster and just grabs as much of the costume pieces as he could. So we got like part of the wig, part of the like tabard, And just puts and the belt. it in the belt and puts it in his pocket. But everything's still like soaked with wet wax. So it because, just because they had to put the fire out. So, right. You know, <laughs> so it's like soaking wet stuff. And he's got it in his pocket and it just it just soaked right through all of his pants, all his pants. And he went to lunch like that. But nobody said anything. <laughs> so, right. So they all, he, they all knew. <laughs> he just 
walked off, you know, off the set later that afternoon with, you know, wet, burnt Qui-Gon Jinn costume pieces in his pocket. Um, you know, oh it, <laughs> and they're like, now, <laughs> and they're now in this big, in this display case, you know, frame sort of, you know, it's almost like a metal display case sort of thing, you know, in, you know, so that they aren't, you know, de- so they don't degrade anymore. But like, it's just really funny because they're actual costume pieces from the set. Um, but the story of how he gets them is ridiculous. Um, and of course, he, he also talks about how many different things he gets sent every day by, you know, either things he's ordered or things people just send him. And yeah. he's like, there's at least one package every day, six days a week um, that comes in yeah. for his collection. Which is that's nuts. Oh which is nuts. That, yeah. That Qui Gon Jinn story. That's exactly the kind of stuff that would just knock me off my feet. Because <laughs> like I've watched that scene so many times. You know, I've watched the Phantom Menace so many times, and I've seen you know the the Liam Neeson wax figure you know be be burned so many times, and then to like actually see the actual costume off of that you know wax figure like in front of me, I I wouldn't be able to handle it. I'd be I'd be. <laughs> get the smelling salts. <laughs> Katie, Katie would start destroying things. Yeah, like exactly. when she's excited. <laughs> so I'm not allowed in. Yeah, like, no, you she, can't come in. You'll start breaking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, no, I'm afraid Kate- that in your excitement, you burned it all. <laughs> no. <laughs> Katie just like start goes in there and starts freaking out and knocks over everything. Katie, you're not supposed to tell everybody your last name is Binks. Jeez. Um, <laughs> that means <a> clumsy. <laughs> you were banished because you were clumsy. Uh, just about to be saying that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Rancho was, it was amazing. Like I said, there were some really cool moments. Where it is very much like a setup tour, and there's a theatricality to it, which is really fun. And yeah, yeah, I I don't want to give away any of those segments because I think it would take away from anyone who plans to visit someday, which, again, Mm -hmm. try to if you can, like really, really try to. It's awesome. Um, And uh, but I will say this and and I invite you to do the same when I'm done, Jason, um, because this isn't really giving anything away. Um, But my favorite thing in Rancho was actually one of the first things we got to see, which was shortly, like, it was right in the first kind of hallway when you walk into the main part of the museum. They had a glass case of all of the action figures from, you know, the first line in 1977 up through the end of the Phantom Menace line. I don't know why it ended there. It just did. Um, But I loved seeing... Probably because that's how many they could fit in the case. Fair enough, (laughs) yes. And so just seeing that, like, right away, and then there's, like, all these original poster prints on the wall all around it, like, immediately stepping into that space, it was like, oh, my gosh, this was the stuff I always wanted in my bedroom my whole life. And, like, you just got to see it there. And I I just loved it. Because, again, like, action figures, and I think Steve Sansweet would probably agree with this, Star Wars action figures are, like, the bedrock to playing Star Wars, right? Like, I think that's true for so many Star Wars fans. I don't want to say all, but for so many Star Wars fans, those three and three quarter inch figures have such fond memories for all of us. And so just seeing them all on display like that right off the bat, it like took you back to not only like the beginning of Star Wars time, but also your first experience of Star Wars. So it was like this flood of like nostalgia, but also like this beautiful sense of wonder 
And it's like that's what Star Wars does, you know? Um, so that just like swept me off my feet right from the get-go. I mean, it was like Moses with that burning bush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. So, oh. um, yeah, some, somebody's like, uh, that's a little sacrilegious. Well, it's all right. I'm a theology major. Um, so <laughs> it's allowed. But I don't know. What, what, what stood out to you, Jason, that wouldn't be like spoiling anything for you? Oh, my goodness. Um, I think that they call it the treasure's room. Mm. Uh, was just phenomenal uh, Ray because Park was in, there, in Katie. there. I'm sorry, what? Ray, Par- Ray Park was just standing in there, Katie. What? Huh? What? Who? Huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Where? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? <laughs> just wanted to get you sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ray Park would be in Katie's treasure room. Oh, um, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> But in this, where, where am I? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but in this particular treasure room, um, there was some really cool things there. You know, things that are either really intricately detailed or rare or things like that. Um, but one of the most fascinating things in that treasure room, for me anyways, was the studio scale models of some of the uh, – the ships and and what that means is these are made to scale as they would be when you're filming the miniatures in studio. Uh, they had the Rebel Blockade around the ten of four. They had a Star Destroyer. There was the uh, Republic Cruiser from the beginning of Phantom Menace. There was a Y wing. Um, but the crazy thing is, is these are made not. For, these were not original to the the set filming. Those were all kept at Lucasfilm in the archives. These were created by people with the skill set to make these things, but they were made for Steve. Yeah. So wow. they're like legit could be used in studio to make a Star Wars movie, but they were made for Steve for his collection and not for use um, on set. So what a power move. God. Wow. <laughs> yeah. In people's spare time, they're like, I'm going to make this for you. I want to make you. They're like, I want to make this anyways, just to, to, you know, use my skills or whatever. And then I'll give it to Steve, you know, but it's, it's, it's crazy. The, the detail on these things and they're, you know, they're pretty big too. You know, they, they fill my desk at least. Um, and so it's just nuts. The, the amount of detail on them. And I, I just, I could have spent, you know, all day looking at it, but right. I didn't because um, we had more to see. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and the but. tagline for Rancho is inspired by the force of imagination. And like that room indicates that, right? Like you said, Jason, these are not film props. These are inspired by just everyday folks to create on their spare time. And then they donate them to Steve. I mean, it's just such like it's just such a beautiful concept, and again, that's what Star Wars brings to so many of our lives, which is amazing. And one thing I do want to 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 say um, about the collection in general is that not only are there you know all the different things that you could buy in the store, you know, the, the from the action figures to the higher end collectibles, um, from you know like Gentle Giant or things like that, but. There's also so many, you know, unique pieces from random places and things that fans make. I think that some of the most one of the most special things I think for Steve is getting to display things that people 
create for him that end up in the collection. Mm-hmm. Um, and because when at the last celebration, that was the theme for their Rancho Obi-Wan booth was the fan creation stuff. Um, and so in, you know, mixed in with all of the, the licensed things and things that he can get from, you know, sets or whatever, you know, are these fan creations, you know, mixed in with it um, based on the, the theme of the, the shelf or the area that we're in. So it's uh, it was really kind of special. Yeah. Sure was. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the funny thing is, Jason, like I'm well aware that there, there are a lot of folks probably both listening to the show and then folks that listen to other podcasts where people have been to Rancho a million times or have, you know, been fortunate enough to like even record a podcast at Rancho Obi-Wan. So in a way, like we are kind of the newbies maybe to this game. I love that. Like, I love yeah. that we've never had the opportunity before. And I hope if there's one thing like we can leave you with in regards to Rancho Obi-Wan is just go like, yeah, it, 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 as soon as you can and however you can make a point to go there, um, you know, and neither you or I, Jason, are particularly Star Wars collectors, right? Like that's like while we certainly have lots of Star Wars stuff and there's certain things we really enjoy collecting you know, in, in particular, we're not Star Wars collectors. Um, but this space is like, it's amazing. I mean, it's Star Wars history and that's really kind of what it's Mm -hmm. all about. I mean, that's, that's kind of Scott Riefen's, you know, piece why he gives money to them every year to support it is because as a history buff, like he is for, you know, Scott himself, he particularly is enamored with preserving Star Wars history, and there's nothing more unique to Star Wars history than products, than merchandise. And it's not, you know, I mean, yes, you've got the kind of the naysayers who are like, oh, it's just because they want to make a buck. And, you know, well, yeah, all businesses want to make money. That goes without saying. But at the end of the day, like, Star Wars stuff is about bringing that creativity home. And I think that's what Rancho represents. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it's 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 really crazy because you got you know super high end, you know really expensive collectibles and all this stuff. But if you got like random little things, like I think the one thing everyone just sort of went, oh my gosh, they have that in here. There was a you know a box of the Jar Jar Binks sucker, you know tongue <gasps> suckers. <laughs> oh my god, um, from the Phantom Menace, and I'm like. That has got to have gone bad years ago. But I don't care. I want it. <laughs> I don't care. I remember as a kid looking at that in the store going, that's really weird. I really like Jar Jar, but I don't like the idea of eating his tongue. That's why I liked it. I thought it was so gross and so funny. I, that's why I liked him. <laughs> but, but I think, the, you know, his... They they told us about his prized possession, which is on display mm. um, in, you know, when you walk into the main room, it's pretty close to the entrance. Um, his prized possession. And they said, you know, God forbid, if there was ever a fire and Steve could save only one item, this would probably be the one he saved, um, is the banner that was used at San Diego Comic-Con in 1976 when they did the promotional tour, essentially, at San Diego Comic-Con to promote Star Wars um, at the convention. 
So that hand-painted banner by Ralph McQuarrie that says Star Wars on it is in Steve's collection and is probably his most prized piece of that collection. It's, so it's cool. It's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, we could talk about Rancho for another hour, but just for the sake of <laughs> you know moving along, um, move along. I want I want to say two quick things, and then obviously Jason, feel free to share anything else you, you I might have missed or you want to share. One of the coolest things, right? Like, so we were wondering, you know, oh, geez, does Steve do the tour? Will we see him? Blah blah blah. And um, you know, with how popular it's become and how big it's it's gotten, like he does have a very large staff of volunteers, which is awesome. But he does come out at the end of every tour to talk to the group, which I think is wonderful that he takes the time to do that. So when he came out at the end of the tour, right, like he answered any questions we had. Like Jason said, he broke Jason broke the ice for everybody, um, <laughs> and then got a new hoped. Um, and then it's uh, <laughs> great. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so. I asked Steve um, what advice he might have for folks that, you know, might have like a Star Wars room or their own little Star Wars collection at home. How might he give advice as to how to display things? Um, And the thing he said was, ultimately, he goes, your collection should tell a story. Um, And I love, right, like that's, what's more Star Wars-y than telling a damn story, (laughs) you know? Right. And because Steve, you know, like. Jason said earlier, right, like only 20% of his collections on display at any one given time. And he said, you know, there, there are certain things that are mainstays, like, for instance, that banner. I don't think that's ever going anywhere. Um, you know, there's certainly right. some mainstays, but a lot of the items on the shelves, he's, he said he switches out about every four to six months because he's got so much stuff to display. Um, which I also think is great because, like, you could go to this place probably, you know, every other year for 10 years and see lots of different stuff every time. Um, right. But Steve said ultimately he tries to tell a story, and you know it. The, it, the he said the majority of the tour is essentially that it starts at the early days and kind of progresses. Um, but he said that's his his advice to any collector is if you know you have it, most people he admits have much less space than him, which is very true. Um, also, mm-hmm. most of us have much less of a collection than him. <laughs> um, yeah. But he you know he just really indicated the importance of telling a story with your collection. So. Since I've been back, Jason, and I was telling you a lot about how I was so excited to go home and do this, yes. I've been kind of revamping my Star Wars room um, and really putting out things that mean a lot to me. So there, a lot of the things that are, I'm displaying right now, there's no real value to them. Like, literally, like they're like some Power of the Force action figures that you could grab off eBay for like three bucks or less. But they mean right. so much to me because they're my Star Wars story. Ha, Scott Riffin. Um And, <laughs> you know... Um, I think that really inspired me to like rethink how to display things rather than just putting out what I think might be cool or might be valuable. I'm totally revamping it and like telling a story. And I just, I loved that piece of advice. Yeah, no, that, that is a great thing. And, and, and you're right. It is one of the most quintessential star Wars things is telling a story, you know, because with Star Wars, you're telling a story with everything you do, you know, from the sets to the costumes to, you know, obviously the the actual plot of the movies themselves. But when you have a collection like this, and when you're someone as ingrained in Star Wars like Steve Sansweet, it makes sense to, you know, display it in a way that kind of tells a story and walks you through the different facets of either... Um, you know, the collecting, you know, as it was, you know, from where it was to where it is now, or kind of 
where his interests have meandered back and forth throughout the years, you know, things like that, you know, and and you kind of got a, a combination of both of those uh, with this tour is you, you get kind of like where it begins with, you know, a lot of the, the posters, the they have the original poster that was, you know, done for Star Wars, the during Christmas of 1976, which gave you almost no information whatsoever. But um, that's like in the hallway where they start the tour. And then you end up, you know, with some really incredible stuff and some, you know, very much more recent things uh, when you get towards the end. But it also kind of winds its way back and forth through Steve's interests and where the collection has sort of grown here or grown there. Um so it's kind of a, a really unique tour, and you know, you kind of get the feeling that you, you get to know Steve a little bit just by going through the tour, even if he's not giving it. Yeah, and he is such a nice guy. It oh my first gosh, time. he's so wonderful. Yeah, like, I mean, I've I've like seen him at some of the conventions. I think I said hi to him at Celebration Anaheim because I like walked by him and he just said hello because he's a gentleman. Um, but this was obviously the most we ever talked to him in person. And he's so kind. And I will say, this is a selfish, selfish plug, but I don't care. Uh-huh. We, Jason and I obviously both wore Wampusler shirts to the, to the tour. And he goes, oh, Wampusler. And I was like, yeah, I go, it's, it's a podcast we do. He goes, oh, yeah, I've heard of it. And that like just blew us away. Now, whether he was – the way he said it really makes – like I do believe him. Like I don't think he was just saying it to be nice. He was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's great. Thank you. Thank you, now, Steve. Now I, doubt, now, I doubt he's listened to it. Sure. But that's the fact fair. that he's aware of us yes. is even amazing. So He's yeah. your number one fan. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right, right. I mean, <laughs> Jar Jar lipstick or Jar Jar poly, lollipops for everybody. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Those are so gross. If you don't want yours, just pass it on to me. <laughs> sure, I'll give you two-decade-old Jar Jar lollipops. I mean that yes. stuff's full of preservatives. I'm sure it's fine. So. I'll put it next to my uh, my two decades old uh, Darth Maul one. So it's like Darth Maul, and then a lollipop is sticking up out of his head. And when you press the button, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> That's oh my. the real treasure. Steve Sands, we got nothing on me. <laughs> If he if he is listening, he's like, "Oh, Katie, I've got four of those." Oh, dang it! Yeah, <laughs> it's a, oh, probably um, the the what I think one of those random things that I, this just you know talking about the food items made me think is the one of those random things in the collection is he's got a collection of fake fruit, you know, plastic bananas <laughs> that all they have on them are food stickers that have Star Wars on them. Yes, you know, so like. Because Dole, apparently, Dole Bananas did, like, a Last Jedi line of bananas, a.k.a. just a sticker on their bananas. And Steve couldn't have, like, ridiculously old bananas sitting in there, so he got plastic bananas. Yes. I I got so excited when you were talking about plastic fruit. I was like, he has Padme's pears from the back of the cloak? What? I was like. My eyes got the size of dinner plates. I was like, what? No way. No. (laughs) Shut up. Don't tease me with Padme's pears. Master Don't Obi-Wan do saw me doing this, he'd be very grumpy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but like he's he's you know taken painstakingly taken a tag off of a pineapple and then punched it back through a plastic pineapple leaf 
so that it looks like you actually picked it up off the shelf back when they had the promotion going. Oh my like, gosh, that's Steve is, uh, he's such a wonderful person, but there's quirks to his collection that you go, oh yeah, he's definitely one of us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. It was great. Uh, yeah, so it was I, pretty funny. My, I mean, my goal is to go again someday because I want to see yeah. what else is on display. Yeah. It's amazing. Totally. So. Totally. Um. But anyway, but yes, yeah. if, if you have ever had the chance to go to Rancho Obi-Wan or visit the booth at Celebration, say hi to Steve because it will be one of the most – it'll be one of the most you know lovely experiences you'll have talking to a human being because he really is that nice. Um, it, and, of course, his, his hair is going whiter and so he's starting to look a bit like Santa Claus. Yes, um, especially with that beard. It was glorious. Yes. He is Santa. I, I think he <laughs> might be Santa Claus. Uh, at least for Star Wars fans. So <laughs> he does have a workshop. <laughs> so. You're so right. You're so right. <laughs> yeah. But, um, North Pole is a lot closer than I thought, though. Yeah. True. Was Lorsen Tekka Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> this would begin to make things right. <laughs> so um, after Rancho, uh, is there anything else you want to say about Rancho, Jason? I think we should stop talking because, like you said, we could do an entire episode just talking about what we did at Rancho Obi-Wan. Um, but I think we should move on. Yeah. Well, so kind of the last thing we did that day was on our way back to, like, the city. We um, we still decided, even though Brian at the comic shop told us you were not going to be able to see the Skywalker Ranch house, we still decided, all right, I want I still want to, drive, like, drive by it if we can. Because even, like, I've heard the countryside there is beautiful. So we did. We got on Lucas Valley Road, which I still just like. I love that that's the name of the road that it's on. And, and, like, and it was called that before he bought it. Like, it couldn't have been more perfect right. um, when George bought the property itself. And so you just, you know, you, you turn down that road. And I mean, it's a, good, it's a good couple miles off of the highway, the main highway stretch. But yeah. it's beautiful. Like, at one point, you know, we were driving towards it. We stopped on one of the high overpasses and just kind of got out of the car and like again, I've never been other than Celebration Anaheim. I've never been to California, um, so and it's, it's certainly obviously right such a big state that different parts look very different. But like just kind of these golden hills, like how beautiful it was, was just something I'd never seen before. So we just kind of took that in, and that was kind of the moment. Although I mean, there was there were moments throughout Rancho where I felt this. But there was something about just standing on that hill, like looking over these hills on Lucas Valley Road, where I just felt connected to the spirit of what George gave us. Um, and I, it's hard to put into words because, like, yes, I'm a, I'm a religious person, so I'll use that kind of language. But it was like this transcendent experience where I just felt so connected to something that I always thought was different than myself. You know, like... If the force were real, it was like I was one with the force, um, and the force was and the force me. was with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, it was you that was with me. Hey-o! Um, <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> but uh, it was just like such a beautiful experience, just being up there and like it's like I don't know. There was something. It's like I get why George felt so creative here, um, and uh, yeah, it was it was just an amazing experience. And then we drove down, and I mean, all you could see was the the the, the like the initial main gate. Apparently, there's another one further in to Skywalker. Yeah, and it's yeah. I mean, it's not marked or anything. 
So it's nothing yeah. particularly breathtaking. I mean, we took a picture of it all the same. Um, but it was just so cool to be right there and like, wow, we are like apparently like the house itself, I think, is like still another almost mile and a half back from the main road. Um, so it's really nestled in there. But just being that close to it was amazing. Yeah, no, it was it was a really neat little thing to do. You know, we we did we took a drive down Lucas Valley Road and I was I was sort of, you know, hey, we can go. We don't have to. You know, I was I didn't, you know, wasn't feeling this burning desire to do that. But I'm so glad we did, uh, because, like you said, when we, when we stopped and just got out and looked at the hills, it was it really was just an amazing thing to just sit and take in it, it's like nothing else I've ever seen before, um, and I totally can see why George Lucas decided to put Skywalker Ranch right smack dab in the middle of those hills. Because, number one, it can be very secluded. Number two, it's very inspirational. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's really something that, especially with how far back everything is set, you know, from the highway, from Lucas Valley road, you, when you're out, uh, working at Lucasfilm or at Skywalker ranch, it probably feels like you are, you know, separated from the rest of the world. And all you have to do is focus on what you're creating, what you're working on. And that seems to be, you know, exactly what George Lucas was looking for. And I can totally see why he picked that area. And it was really, it really was one of the most, you know, beautiful views that we took in, um, the whole trip. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and that's, you know, Skywalker ranch is just such a cool story itself. The fact that, you know, I, I started rereading, um, how, um, how Star Wars Conquered the Universe by Chris Taylor while we were out there. Well, mainly in the plane. Um, but uh, great book. If, if, you've, if you've not read that, by the way, you should totally check it out. Um, but, you know, the beginning part is a lot of how George came up with the ideas and how he made it happen. And so much of that, that early 70s, what they were doing out there in, in that Bay Area filmmaking was really like George wanted to make kind of a commune, like create this creative space for other creators separate from Hollywood where their could their imaginations had no limits. Um, and that's ultimately what George gave to the world. Um, you know, whatever your opinions of George Lucas are moving forward, the man gave so much to the creative world and, uh, <laughs> being out there was just such a, an experience of gratitude for that. Yeah, it really was quite amazing. Um, but uh, we should probably move on. Yeah, we're, the just, next well, day, we're almost done. Yeah, so then... <laughs> the, the next day, we got to see some pretty cool people, Carl. Uh, we had breakfast with the ever-lovely Bethany Blanton of the Star Wars Report. Uh, she was out in San Francisco on vacation the same time we are. She's stationed in Central California, one of the military bases right now. Um, but she was up there with a group of friends on vacation the same time we were, we're like hey we should meet up and it was like yes we should and so we had breakfast it was really nice uh to see her again there was someone else that we got to meet up with on sunday i forget who it was carl who was um, it who was it know. guys this uh, really strange girl with this porg backpack um <laughs> only one volume uh no. <laughs> love yeah <laughs> the dial is just stuck at 11 actually <laughs> <laughs> it was me 
surprise. Oh, that's right. Spoiler alert. It was Katie. Uh, no one saw that coming. No. Oh. Oh. But yeah, I live in California. So when I heard you guys were coming out here, I was all like, you guys want to meet up? Like, Do it. <laughs> we had our arms twisted. Like she was like, do you want to meet up? You want to meet up? We don't make you better meet up. <laughs> I'll sick Ray Park on you. Yeah, exactly. We're good friends. Very good friends, obviously. <laughs> he liked one of my tweets once. That's not weird to brag about. That's. <laughs> oh, my uh, gosh. But, yeah, that was so cool. It was really great to, to actually see you guys in person and to hear your voices coming out of your faces. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> out of our actual faces instead of your earbuds. Yeah, um, Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And then uh, we went and we, we put our feet in the water. <laughs> we uh, went yeah. down to Beach Street and, uh, at Fisherman's Wharf because you guys just wanted to, to touch the water. <laughs> I did. I love oh, the water. I've never touched the Pacific, so I was so excited. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah it, was, oh, it was so fun like hanging out with you for the day. And what's really neat is, you know, Jason, you and I have the unique story when it comes to Star Wars podcasts of the fact that we met first, started our podcast second. Right? So many, right. So many people that do Star Wars podcasts they've just kind of met online and and maintained those relationships and then maybe eventually get to meet which is fine i mean that's the that's the norm we just had the fortunate circumstance of meeting at fan days and then launching the show what's great right. with you katie though now is like yeah you've been on the show a couple of times but only a couple of times and it's like okay now we get to meet her in person which really even solidified more of like yeah we need more katie so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was so great and you guys you know people they, they're funny on the podcast they're they're even funnier in real life it's just completely unfiltered <laughs> <laughs> we had a good time <laughs> yeah and Look. because you know because we were down on beach street it's just like nothing but sand jokes it's, oh it's rough God. and irritating <laughs> it gets everywhere <laughs> gets everywhere oh my gosh yes yes lots of sand jokes um, Anakin being very dour about all that. Um, <laughs> oh man, yeah, we, it was a good time to say the least. Yeah, it was. I did get sunburned, but that was my own oh. fault. Um, yeah, yeah, you were pretty, you were pretty lobstery at the end of that day. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. We both got it again then on Monday. Uh, yeah, Monday. So it's okay. <laughs> we did. <laughs> I still, have, I still have a flesh-colored T-shirt on at all times. So <laughs> I'm fine with it. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that was so fun Sunday, like getting to connect with, with you, Katie, and also with Bethany. Um, and then the last day we were, the last full day we were there was on Monday and that's when we went to Lucasfilm headquarters and it was so cool. I mean, getting to see that Yoda fountain, um, I half expected it to just yell out, it's the star Wars show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's what's so funny. So I, a lot of the things that we did, like I was, I was texting my, you know, pictures to my friends, Greg and Ben back here in, in Boston. And when I sent them the picture of that, like immediately my friend Ben just writes, it's the Star Wars show, <laughs> 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 which was just, I was cracking up and uh, oh it was just, you know, like, again, it was the, it really was, in my opinion, Jason, the, the perfect last spot to go on something that was like a pilgrimage because this is literally the the center of it all i mean this this water fountain while it's literally just a water fountain with a statue of yoda that by the way there's five four others of those too so it's the exact same one that was in san san anselmo imagination park so this particular sculptor made five of them um one is at lucasfilm headquarters 
One is at Imagination Park. One is at Rancho Obi-Wan, because, of course, he's got his hands on one. And then there's two at Skywalker Ranch. Um, yeah. By the way, we learned that at Rancho. I didn't actually know that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no. That, <laughs> I want to give credit to my source. Um, so, yeah. Is uh, it Dan? Dan? Yes, that was our, Dan. Yes, our, yeah, our Dan. tour guide was named Dan. Dan Kenobi. Great tour guide. Um, I just made up that last name because I don't know it. Um, so, but uh, yeah, and like I just like, I couldn't wait to touch the water. Like there was just something so, you know, to be frank, something so religious about it. Um, just being at that place and then going into the lobby, and yeah, it's just an office lobby, but it's not any office lobby. Clearly, I mean, there is a life-size mannequins of Darth Vader and a Death Trooper. And then mm-hmm. the architecture on the inside apparently is the same type of architecture at Skywalker Ranch. So it's just – it's really cool. Um, it's and, cozy and comfortable. Yes. I really liked sitting in those chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't want to leave. The, the cool thing is is they have a lot of the different awards that you know the Lucasfilm and uh, Star Wars has earned uh, in a glass case along one of the walls. And there's the um, the – is it the, the daytime Emmys that or yeah. the that Clone Wars won? I think so. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So those were up there. There was some other. I think there was some for uh, like some of the video game awards that they've won. Um, so yeah, it was really cool to see some of those. Plus, you know, they have little statuettes and and things on all the shelves. Um, obviously, and and a life size R two D two right as you walk in the door. So I was very happy about that. <laughs> yeah it was i mean yeah it was just so cool um and uh oh, Car- yeah. carl wanted to bring micro machine figures to throw in the fountain yes i'm so bummed that i didn't because <laughs> there were a few pennies but i was like no i want to throw micro machine star wars toys in there it'd be way better um and my agreed. first response was oh my god i would never do that with my toys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my first response so uh, next time i go out there i'm totally bringing like a star wars toy to throw in the in the pond um because i just feel like that's what it has to be make it a jar jar and go like hey, as he like jumps in <laughs> like does a little backflip <laughs> make a stop animation video real quick while we're there That'd be fun. <laughs> just a real quick stop animation video yeah. hold on guys we could work here, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was everything about this trip was great. Um, and it really was like it really was a pilgrimage. And, yeah. uh, you know, which a pilgrimage, like the formal definition of a pilgrimage is a trip to a sacred space. That's it. Um, and sacred can mean anything. It doesn't have to be religious. Um, but I think for you know Star Wars fans like ourselves and probably any of you listening, there is something sacred about Star Wars, something set apart, something wonderful about it. And being in all these places was just incredible. Yeah, it was really awesome. Um, and and I, I'm so glad that we got to do this, Carl. I'm so glad we got to meet you while we were out there, Katie. Um, and so we were actually able to ask her to be part of the show in person. So that was really nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, we also asked you in person so that it would be really uncomfortable for you to say no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, no, it was just, it was such a great trip. And, and again, Carl, I have to thank you for, for dragging me into this. You know, you, you kind of was like, I think we should do this. 
And like, yeah, that would be really fun. And then literally one week later, we sit down to record again. And he's like, all right, we're doing this. I've already got my ticket. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, OK. <laughs> Had to be so, persistent, you know, I mean, that's 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 what that's what takes the day, you know. But no, and to, to not to be like overly sappy, but there's nobody I would have rather have done this with. Like you're so no. much fun to it. Like I love the way you appreciate Star Wars and the way you enjoy Star Wars because it allows me to enjoy and appreciate it in a way that I kind of only can with you. I mean, I have some great Star Wars friends out here, and and this isn't a knock on them at all, but you're just a lot of fun. Like we can be goofy about Star Wars, and and I love that you bring that side of me out. So it, there was no one I would have preferred this trip on. So oh my gosh, really our glad. like literally, we spent the entire week just quoting Star Wars back to each other. In ways that weren't specifically to the um, to the movies, but that fit our conversation. So it was like we'd take a scene and we'd change it just enough so that we could continue our conversation um, with the scene. So it was pretty awesome. It was amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, it was so fun. And then, yeah, so that's two, two quick things I want to hit on that you and I got to do as well while we were out there. Um, well, the first thing is... The entire time we were in that, that rental car on Saturday, we had Star Wars music playing. The enti- everywhere we went, there was Star Wars music mm-hmm. playing. And that was awesome. You know, uh, like yes. it, that entire day was literally the sounds, the oxygen of Star Wars. The other thing that was really great is we have never actually watched a Star Wars movie together in person. Like, yes, we've done audio commentaries, um, but we've never in person watched a Star Wars movie. So not only did we get to see Solo in theaters together which yes. was my 12th time and the most I've ever seen a movie. And I'm so proud of it because I love that movie. And we also decided, because I brought my laptop and I have all the movies on it, to watch the prequel trilogy. We watched one movie a night while we were out there, and that was amazing. <laughs> yes. It was pretty friggin' awesome. So uh, we saw four Star Wars movies together while we were out on this trip. One in theater, three, you know, hanging out in our in our room back at our Airbnb. Um and it was just so much fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was a good I, I, we need to do this again sometime, Carl. Agreed. Agreed. So anyway, um I if if you're still listening, first off, thank you because I know we just went on for a long time about our trip that you may or may not care about. So if you're still with us, you cared enough to listen, so thank you. Um, but yeah. now to like to get to the other part of the topic, and obviously Katie can weigh in a little bit more here since this wasn't exclusive. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I want to talk a little bit about these kind of this idea of thin spaces in Star Wars. And again, um, I shared a little video on our social media last week, just giving a preview. Thin spaces is a a term used in kind of like the religious studies field that indicates places like real life places where. Um, Traditionally, people believe that like humanity and divinity have a very uh, thin layer between. That's why they're called thin spaces. Um, and I learned this when I was um, out in Ireland a number of years ago, living at a monastery, and I went on this group tour, and they took us to a thin space. It's this on the top of a hill in um, like middle middle of nowhere Ireland, but it's you know an, a place where the old like Gaelic culture just believed that they were, they were very close to the divine there, which is. Typical of a lot of religious um, traditions is hilltops and mountaintops because you feel closer to the heavens. Um, but this idea of thin space where kind of there's this breakdown between yourself and what you're hoping to connect with. Like it's just this place, you know, of kind of like union. And uh, so I got me thinking about like these thin spaces that have existed in our experience of Star Wars. And 
I know for some folks that may be nothing right now, and that's fine too. But um, uh, I'm going to kick the conversation off because that's kind of what I do. I'm sorry. Um, and I also know that I have a little <laughs> bit more to say than you guys. But um, I mean, yeah, obviously, so I'm going to go work backwards in time. But it's literally this trip to San Francisco was literally an experience of a thin space. You know, specifically, like I said earlier, looking over those hills on Lucas Valley Road. Um, as corny as it sounds, but I did feel some, like I was part of something bigger than than myself, something really inspiring me to become something more too. And like, it really was like Luke looking at that sunset all over again. And, you know, while Luke is a young man and, you know, I'm not a young as I used to be, God, please stop letting me get old. Um, (laughs) And, uh, uh, sorry, can't help you there, bud. I know. Sorry, I we're nine hundred not- years old. You reach look as good. You are not. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Try to imagine a nine hundred year old Carl right now, and it's kind of cracking me it's up. Disgusting. <laughs> it's absolutely disgusting. But uh, <laughs> when we were, you know, when we were up on that hill, though, I just like I said earlier. I mean, I, I just felt like I was connected to the creativity that is the force. And you know, after we were driving back down the road, like heading back for good for the evening to back to San Francisco. I, you know, I said to you, Jason, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so inspired now. Like I've, I've been thinking about getting a PhD for the last couple of uh, years now. And I'm, and obviously I want to do it on Star Wars and religion specifically um, so that one day I could actually teach a college class on Star Wars and religion, which I think would be dope. Um, and uh, I think the students would love it. But anyway, like I've been like hemming and hawing about that journey for a while, but there was something about being out there that's like, I need to do this. I need to tell this story. I need to connect these dots and make um, you know people that are religious see how beautiful Star Wars is and how that feeds it and how folks who love Star Wars might find something deeper and more profound to you know make their lives better. So like that space was so thin because I felt like Luke Skywalker knowing that I could do something more with who I am. So... Um, there we go. I'm going to shut up now. (laughs) No, I love it. And I especially love, um, just real quick here, the way you talk about, you know, um, hilltops, especially being these spaces, because that's where Luke took Ray. Yeah. Was, yeah, to like, you know, this high up place. And then that's where like, he makes his connection later in the film, you know, back to Leia and to face Kylo. I don't know. I think there's some, there's something in there. There's something to it. Yeah, Yeah. there is. Uh, do you want to give a thin space? Katie or shall I? Yeah, I'll do one. Um, I'm going to go for a really easy one here because I feel like uh, everybody's going to be like, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I'm going to say the movie theater has always been, um, for me, like personally, the movie theater is where Star Wars transformed from a very solitary, lonely experience to a a shared experience. You know, it made me feel connected um, because... um, before 1997, when the uh, when the special editions came to theaters, I'd only ever seen Star Wars alone at my house in secret. Because uh, even though my family owned uh, the uh, the 1995 um, box set of uh, of the original trilogy, I wasn't allowed to watch them. So of course I did <laughs> when nobody was looking. <laughs> when nobody was looking, when nobody you know when nobody was around, I uh, I, I just popped the movies in and and was like completely sucked in 
And then um, one weekend in 1997, you know, so two years later, um, you know, of course, I, I knew the stories of Star Wars. I had seen it many, many times. I loved it, but I dare not talk about it for fear of like, oh, maybe my mother will throw out the tapes or something if she finds out I've been watching it. Um, uh, the one weekend, um, my aunt, my mother's sister, is actually watching me, and she's like, get in the car. I'm taking you to a movie. And I'm like, okay, what are we seeing? And she goes, oh, you're going to love it. It's called Star Wars. <laughs> I'm like, oh, never, never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, oh, gosh, it's this incredible story because um, we get up to the ticket taker and she's like, to, you know, Star Wars, please. And, uh, and her credit card isn't working. You know, the, the guy's like, oh, sorry, credit card machine's down, cash only. She's like, well, I don't have any cash. And she looks down at me and she's like, we're going to have to go home. I just, I, we can't pay for it. So we, we just have to go. And like, I, I'm losing my opportunity here. My opportunity to be like actually out and open about loving Star Wars. <laughs> you know, I have an excuse. I have an adult permission to see Star Wars and it's slipping through my fingers. So I scream, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the adults are looking at me like, why is she, what, what's going on? Why is she so upset? And the ticket taker goes, you know what? Come on inside. Just come on. Come on in. Come see it anyway. And it was so great. It was so nice. nice. I felt like so open and so connected that I was being encouraged to come and watch Star Wars and, for free. <laughs> that is amazing. And the guy, the guy actually, he came out of the ticket booths because like it was just like a little mom and pop theater. And there was like there were very few people there. So he came out and he actually, you know, walked up the concession stand. and was all like, hey, get this little girl a popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> nice it was so nice so i i just and then i remember watching you know watching a new hope that you know that day in the theater and i just felt so one with myself and one i was sharing it with with everybody in that theater and i was sharing it with my aunt and i and everything <laughs> everything <laughs> you know it felt so connected but yeah it's a really special story yeah i mean that's uh if that well, since you did a great job of making this in universe for my story, this is your you know walking into the cantina, becoming part of something larger. It becomes real now. Yeah, um, yeah. Actually, yeah. more like more like landing on Dagobah because it's like really getting real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and who doesn't love Dagobah besides Jason? So <laughs> I hate swamps. Um, I really do. They're warm um, and muggy and irritating. And it's super it's just, warm. <laughs> Humid. Yeah, much, there's snakes. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, the part that gets me is when like Luke has to pick a snake like off of his bowl to eat food. Nope, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, in the radio drama, he complains about them to Yoda, and Yoda says, "My friends, they are." Um, yeah. And have you guys all seen that clip? It's in. It's in. I think it's in like the. I don't know. It's in one of the behind the scenes things, but when Mark is, you know how he pulls a snake out of his like engines when he's preparing to leave Dagobah. Yes. Well, in one of the takes, when he pulls the snake out, it bites him on the hand. Yes. Uh, yeah. And he's he like, uh, like ah, and he, yeah, he like drops me. it right away. He's like, ah, I've got me. And he goes like, it was just a love bite, but it's like, it's such a Mark Hamill thing, right? He's not mad. He just immediately <laughs> like makes a joke of it. And they're obviously not poisonous snakes, but right. It's just so funny. Uh, no, I don't want to go to Dagobah. <laughs> I'll go anywhere else. <laughs> Katie and I will go to go to Naboo. Uh, yeah, you can, yeah. You can stay on Dagobah, Carl. Fine by fun. me. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about um, you, Jason? Why don't you share one? Well, uh, 
I'm going to follow suit with Katie here because uh, my first, you know, experience with one of these thin spaces, I think, is my first viewing of Star Wars. Um, I've told the story numerous times of how, you know, two weeks before seeing the movie, we're in a random, you know, like the sporting goods section at a Walmart. And there's a toy sitting on an empty shelf and being, you know, 10 or not 10, um, 7 at the time. 10 was Phantom Menace. Um, seven or eight, I, I walk over to see what this toy is because, you know, what self-respecting kid wouldn't? Uh, and I, it's a Star Wars Micro Machine set. And I'm like, Star Wars? I'll never like Star Wars. And I shoved it to the back of the shelf. <laughs> I thought it was silly um, and went on my merry way. Well, you know, two weeks later, we're sitting in the movie theater about ready to see this movie. And I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to see a movie. It's going to be fun, I, I think. And as soon as it starts with, you know, the opening crawl and the music blast, I think from that minute I was in, entranced. And then when the, you know, like a lot of people say, the rebel uh blockade runner goes over head and then the star destroyer comes overhead right behind it and it keeps going forever and ever i was enraptured by the movie i was seeing and my dad always you know when they tell this story always says he remembers looking over and seeing the expression on my face and saying Oh, something big is happening here, you know? <laughs> so, like, and it, it literally changed the way I thought. Like, my imagination exploded. Everything was so much bigger and more amazing. And, like, it it literally took just my frame of reference from being, you know, this little, like, kids, you know, all about me and my family and this little thing that we're doing here. And it just shattered all of that that thinking and blew everything out so far and just it it let my imagination run rampant you know unrestrained unfettered um and just it, it broadened my entire horizon as far as imagination but not only imagination but just my entire view of the way I looked at things around me and looked at the world around me and experienced things around me. And it, it made me stop looking down at what was in my hands and look up and see what was around, essentially, you know. Um, and and from that moment, you know, I, I've been, you know, a huge Star Wars fan, obviously. But that experience, I will never forget. Um, and I remember, you know, squirming around in my seat, you know, when Darth Vader's on screen, you know, <laughs> basically bouncing up and down in my chair as they're flying down the Death Star trench. I was, you know, into this thing and it was just amazing. And I literally it was a transformational experience for me seeing this movie. And my dad says, you know, from the get-go, less than a minute in, looking at you know, the expression on my face and what's going on behind my eyes. He's like, oh, yeah, something big's happening here. <laughs> so, um, there's been so, an awakening. Yes, there's been an awakening. <laughs> Have you felt it? Hell yeah. <laughs> um, 
And that's why I think I've referred to A New Hope, the beginning of A New Hope, as a punch in the face, okay? <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so there you go. Because it kind of was for me. It was like, boom, hey, wake up. There's this amazing <laughs> world out here. And I was like, oh, my God. Start so, living your life, Jason. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Kind oh, of, man. So yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be my first thin space that I want to bring up here. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Well, I, my next one, pretty quick, but uh, it's it, it was uh, when I went to the Star Wars in concert experience uh, here in Boston. Um, remember when they did that Star Wars in concert tour? I know you went. Oh yeah. Um, right, you went. Oh yeah, I went. Did you get to go to that, Katie? No, I didn't. But I know exactly what you guys are talking about. Yeah, it's. It was great, um, but they need to bring it back. They, they really back. do. They really, really do. Um, but the the thing that I really want to pinpoint, and I know I've told this story before, but uh, I remember I I went by myself because none of my friends wanted to go, and so I I got there super early because right they had the the props that they were going to have on display in the you know lobby area. It took like twenty minutes to look at them all. Like there was a. There wasn't that many. I mean, they were all great, but there weren't a ton. And since right. I was by myself, it's not like I had anybody to talk to about them. Um, so I just kind of like, all right, great. But I had like almost an hour until the concert started. By the time I was done, I was like, all right, well, I'll just go sit in my seat. And, uh, you know, this was back before I used a cell phone a lot because I think I still, yeah, I definitely I had a flip phone then. So really all you were doing was texting. So um, <laughs> if that. But uh, I went into the the main part of the arena and sat down in my seat. And I don't know why they did this, but it, I love that they did. And over the sound system, they were just playing like sound effects from Star Wars. And not like not like laser blasts and lightsabers, but like sounds of like Star Wars creatures or like like you could hear like the blowing sands of Tatooine or the ice cold chill of Hoth. Like they were playing those types of sound effects. So it was like Ben Burt in concert in a way. Yeah. Um, and I remember it was, you know, there were uh, spaceport sounds and everything. You know, it, it felt like you were sitting at a spaceport sometimes or, you know, something That's like cool. that. Yeah, yeah. It was so cool. That's it was like, really cool. It's and like it's something that was so subtle and like never anything I would have expected. But I just clo- I remember sitting there and I closed my eyes and I just felt like I was in the Star Wars universe. Like all those sounds just sounded real to me. Um, and I felt like I was living inside Star Wars for like that 25, 30 minutes. And it was that's awesome. so cool. Yeah, it was oh my so gosh. cool. So that's my next one. Yeah, well, mine is actually, my next one's really similar to that. Um, that's basically every Star Wars museum exhibit I've ever been to. Um, I've only been to three. Uh, in 1999, I got to go to Magic of Myth. I don't know if you guys no, got I, to see that one or went to it at all. I never did. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I was a kid, so I'm like, I remember parts of it, but I had to Google it to be all like, okay, but what was like the theme of it? Apparently, it was called Magic of Myth because it was about Star Wars as a telling of um, the hero's journey, you know, just so mm-hmm. Campbell's the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I mostly remember about that one um, you know, of course, like the costumes and the ships and stuff like that. <laughs> what I really remember is how um, a, a, there was a Yoda puppet inside a little circular or, or a cylinder, like a glass cylinder. And he was in the very center of the room. And when I walked into the room and, and he was just like right there, I fell down on my knees before him. <laughs> I was just like so 
overwhelmed <laughs> by it's a Yoda puppet. It felt so real, you know? It felt so yeah, like Star Wars was now on this side of the screen. It was in my world and <laughs> I was quite overcome, okay? <laughs> very <laughs> that's, very That's uh, really awesome. Yeah, just very young Katie. Um, oh, and then in 2007, I got to go to the um, where where Science Meets Imagination exhibit that Star Wars won. Do you guys remember that one? Nope. I, uh, I, I heard of it, but I never went. Yeah, yeah. same here. Yeah, it was all about how, like, um, you know, Star Wars science fantasy is transforming into science fact. And, you know, there was cool stuff there, you know, talk about, like, you know, Anakin and, and, and uh, Luke's prosthetics and, um, you know, robotics technology and stuff like that. And they had, like, this, uh, this like, um, uh, air speeder, you know what I mean? How, like, air pressure makes stuff float, you know? Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, so there's a little like miniature, like, you know, um, Luke's like airspeeder. <laughs> At least I'm pretty sure it was Luke's. And I was so excited to do it. But they were like, it's only for children. You're kind of, you know, you're because you're, <laughs> the kids are light. They, they can actually like float. Adults, it would just fall to the ground. <laughs> 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 <You know? laughs> I was just like, no, curses. <laughs> curses. Boiled again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then, um, and then just a few years ago, I went to... Um, uh, the uh, the Museum of Pop Culture in Seattle. Uh, they don't have a dedicated Star Wars um, exhibit, but they do have a lot of Star Wars pieces there. And um, they they have what I'm pretty sure was the Skywalker saber on display. Uh, but the way they were displaying it with like this light shining on it, um, it cast like a perfect shadow on the wall behind it, where it's just like the silhouette of the saber. So I held up my hand. So that my own shadow was, it looked like I was holding the lightsaber and I was just, I stood there for like a solid minute with my hand just up in the air. And I felt, you know, it's so hard to describe where we were existing in the same space and, and I was touching it in a way in, in my mind. I sound crazy. (laughs) No, that's, that's actually really cool. I probably would have done the same thing, you know? Because I couldn't, I couldn't actually touch it, but our shadows were one. It 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 looked real. It was real to me. <laughs> That's, That's really, really awesome. Cool. Yeah, that is. I yeah, must no, have looked I, crazy just standing there <laughs> with my see, hand up in the air. <laughs> see, hearing you talk about you know your museum trips, it makes me really excited for the Lucas Museum of Narrative Art whenever that gets finished. I right in LA oh my gosh you know I gotta go you know (laughs) yeah oh my gosh I cannot wait for that to be finished so I can go see it anywho um I'm gonna go ahead and and jump into my next one here um Carl I had a similar experience to you with Star Wars in concert but I don't think I because I ended up seeing that um like the same weekend one of my my best friends got married. Like I saw it the day after his wedding, right before I drove home. Cause his wedding was in Austin, Texas. I lived in San Antonio at the time. And so I had to drive home afterwards. So I think I was, you know, just a little, a little too preoccupied with other things that had happened that weekend, uh, to, uh, devote myself entirely to it the way you did. But I had a similar experience to you, just not as in depth, uh, with star Wars in concert. But I think, one of the moments that I I remember feeling very close to Star Wars and, you know, literally and figuratively is 
yours and my first celebration to Orlando. Um, and that Clone Wars season five panel. Mm. Um, I, I guess there were two panels. There was the, um, the premiere panel where we got to see the new episodes, which was really awesome. Um, and then the, uh, you know, the sort of the behind the scenes, you know, preview panel the next morning where George Lucas showed up at the end of the panel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember getting there, we're walking to the panel with Riley and Beth in the uh, Blanton and Riley's like, do you hear, do you hear? George is supposed to be here today. Uh, and he's like super excited and following all the different rumor things on Twitter and all this stuff. And he's like, Oh my gosh, I heard from so-and-so who heard from so-and-so who saw him here. And he's like, okay, well, that's really awesome. That's really cool. But chill out. Um, I remember thinking that a little bit, but uh, it was really cool. And then uh, at the end of the panel, they have about five minutes left of the panel. And Dave Filoni says, so uh, right now, I guess going to um, bring out our biggest fan oh. uh, and, and someone who really, really enjoys uh, how much you guys are enjoying our show. Uh, please welcome George Lucas. Um, <laughs> so, and he came out on stage and everyone lost their mind. Um, and then there were chants of George, 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 George. Um, and I was all caught up in the middle of it. Um, and we were eight rows back, like eight, like seven or eight rows back from the stage. And so we were fairly close because it was a huge room. Um, and it was just really cool to, to sit there and, and, uh, hear him talk about Clone Wars and actually be in the same room with him. And that I, I felt, you know, with all of the, that first celebration for us, you know, we went to fan days, which was really cool. But that first celebration for me is very special because that's when I really started to feel connected to the community and connected uh, in a way that I hadn't before. Um, and so the whole experience of that celebration was really special. That kind of is the, the crowning moment for me of that celebration, though. You got to breathe his air. <laughs> oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky, Annie. <laughs> I wish I'd been able to go up and just shake his hand, but, you know, that would have been, uh, that was really cool. been tackled by security. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably. that's probably true. No, they would have been like, it's Jason Hunt. It's okay. He's yeah. got clearance. He's a very important person. <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh. The, the Wampus Lair, I don't think, was even a year old at that time. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so long... very important. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow, that's, a, that's been a while. Anyway, but yeah, that's, that'll be the, the next thin space I want to talk about. So, what do you got, Carl? That's so cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I totally get that. Um, but actually, I'm just going to mention Fan Days. Um, which is the first ever convention I've been to of any kind. Um, and obviously my first Star Wars convention, it's where I met you. It's where I met so many of the folks that we've gotten to be friends with over these many years. Um, and I think, and that was where I first became aware that Star Wars is a living, breathing community. Um, I yeah. knew there were other Star Wars fans. I didn't really have a personal relationship with any of them until really fan days. Um, so 
that like made the community of Star Wars feel alive. Um, it was the first time I'd ever been able to get like a picture in a Star Wars set piece. I mean, they had the Rancor there. They had um, what else did they have there? Um, mm, the Rancor was Celebration. Oh, okay. They had some stuff there though, didn't they? Maybe they. No, they, they did. They did. They had. Um, yeah, they had a room where they had like props and stuff. What right. was it? They had. Oh, they had the um, the Han Solo and Carbonite. That was yes. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, these are, again, things that I've obviously seen pictures of, but it was the first time ever actually seeing them. So it just kind of blew me away that I could feel and touch these things. You know, like, it's like Luke when, you know, Yoda brings the X-Wing out of the swamp and it lands on the ground. The first thing he has to do is touch it. Um, I mean, there was, there's like the, the physicality of that experience of like being able to touch props, um, to be able to physically interact with other fans. Um, I mean, and... This was obviously just the first of many things like this that happened. But that time we went to, I think it was Whataburger. It was you, me, yes. um, Brad, and uh, JC uh, Cox. We all went out for lunch that day. And JC was in his Jedi costume because he cosplayed for the event. And mm-hmm. here I am sitting with a dude in a Jedi costume and two other nerds just talking <laughs> about Star Wars while eating a delicious cheeseburger. I mean, it was amazing. And it was like that just broke open my world to Star Wars of like, yeah, I can have these types of relationships now. Like they can be real. Like I, I don't have to like stop worrying about it anymore. The force was moving. Yeah. I, I still remember that lunch because that's when you went around the table yep. and asked everybody our favorite Star Wars character in Star Wars movie. And I remember at one point, I think uh, when I you asked my favorite Star Wars character, and I said R2-D2, you kind of leaned back in your chair and said, I like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and then you were like, "Return of the Jedi is my favorite," but a close second is Attack of the Clones. I'm like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what? What? It's a good choice. Yeah. Good no, choice. I mean, it's 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 a fine choice. Um, <laughs> just far from mine, and I just I love that about you though, because it was such a different experience, but like such a similar feeling of the way we love Star Wars, right? Um, and I liked that a lot. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, fan days was amazing. Um, and I almost included it in my list of, of uh, thin spaces, but I think I was still just so overwhelmed by the whole idea of going to convention because I was supposed to go with a friend of mine uh, from San Antonio where I was living at the time. And he had to like back out like two weeks before the convention because of a uh, work commitment that came up. Um, and so I was like, well, I guess I'll, I'll still go on my own. Um, and then I like blew out a tire on the highway I'm, I drive up and I was just like oh my gosh and overwhelmed by the whole experience and just what an, uh, a convention was and so but it, there's so many good memories from that trip obviously chief of which is meeting you and being able to start the podcast from that but yeah great thing but not quite as you know not quite as thin a space as Celebration um, Orlando was Celebration six, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, what did you guys each have one more? Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, I think I'm up next. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah, go for it. 
cool. Yeah, um, I'm going to say theme parks. Another kind of easy one. I think a lot of people feel very close to, um, you know, whatever they like um, at theme parks because uh, theme parks do a really good job of, of, again, just kind of bringing what we love to this side of the screen. And uh, with Star Wars in particular, um, character meets always blow my mind uh, with uh, especially like Chewbacca. Because, oh like, um, yeah, right? Oh, my gosh. He gives the best hugs in the world. Yes. Well, like, when you meet, when you meet, um, you know, character actors, like, you know, like a, a young girl playing Ray, I, I, I go up and I'm like, uh, you're obviously not Daisy Ridley. I appreciate the effort and you are fun to talk to, but you are clearly not <laughs> Daisy Ridley. <laughs> um, but with Chewbacca, right. it's real, man. It's, it's so real. <laughs> And like, and you know, um, the the sounds around you, uh, you, the the noises that Chewbacca makes, it really does put you in the same room with that character, and it's such a such an amazing feeling. It, it makes Star Wars into something you can see and touch, and and Chewie is so furry and warm, and just like as you say, the best hugs, <laughs> and the, the best hugs ever. Yeah. And. Um, a, a weird thing, another personal story, because I, I can't help but tell this story, was uh, this this past May the 4th, I was actually at Disneyland, um, you know, to, to celebrate, you know, Star Wars. But how do I celebrate Star Wars at Disneyland? Do I go ride Star Tours? Do I go meet Star Wars characters? Uh, yes, but first... <laughs> First, I need to go on a little ride that's not there anymore, but it was called uh, Heimlich's Choo Choo Train, and it was this little caterpillar that is also a train. That's like, <laughs> so you get to like ride on the back of this caterpillar, but like it, it also is like rolling down train tracks. So it's I don't know, you got to kind of buy into the concept. But apparently, George Lucas rode this once, and he said it was magical. <laughs> so. <laughs> So being on, being on this caterpillar just brings me closer to George. And before that May the 4th, I had never actually rid it because, uh, ridden on it because people, you know, say that it's really lame and it's not in a part of the park that I particularly enjoy. So I was like, yeah, that's something I can skip. But once I found out that George Lucas thinks it's magical, yeah, I got to ride it. So so I'm on it and I'm going through it and it is kind of lame. Like everybody else on this train is, is like six years old. And you're just on this little caterpillar going through, like, giant food. And the story is that the caterpillar is eating his way through all of this giant food. And and that's it. That's the magic of the ride. But everything he eats through, you can smell. Um, the He eats through a giant watermelon and actual, like, juice drips down. And it's all watermelon scented. And the kids actually thought it was really cool. They were like, whoa, and look at that. And, you know, we're going through this giant cookie box. And it smells like cookies. And the kids are like, mmm. Like it smells good in here, you know. They're they're having a blast, and I'm just like a grown woman <laughs> sitting in this caterpillar, <laughs> and like looking at it through their eyes. I'm like, you know what? This is magical. This is rad. I like this. And we <laughs> got off the ride, and I did. I felt so much closer to George Lucas and like his mindset, and just it deepens my appreciation for for Star Wars. Oddly. Because it just reminds me that you gotta you gotta look at things sometimes the way a kid would, and you gotta look at things like you know without cynicism and just I don't know, just enjoy things sometimes and be along for the ride. It it I, I don't know it it's such a lame ride, but it, it made me feel so good. <laughs> I mean, 
if, if George says it's magical, you have to think what kind of mindset sees that as magical. And you're right. It is the mind of a, you know, truly wonderful. The mind of a child is. Exactly you know, right. That's George speaking through Yoda. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's that's a there's, great little that's a great story actually. There's there's one part where the caterpillar. So you see the train track split in two different direction, and one goes through a thing of Brussels sprouts, and the other goes through a thing of of cookies. And he say, and the caterpillar's like, mm, should I go eat Brussels sprouts? And all the kids are like, no, no. And so he goes through the cookies, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. I know. <laughs> But it's kind of dumb, but also kind of amazing. <laughs> That's funny. Truly really wonderful, the mind of a child. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, George Lucas. <laughs> if you're listening, obviously you are. <laughs> obviously, George listens to us. Um, <laughs> well, now he does. Now that I'm on the show, of course he's going to listen. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. That, yeah, exactly. I mean, what you don't know is that it's George Jones, not George Lucas, but... Um, <gasps> just kidding um but uh the last one i want to bring up is actually from our trip and it was actually uh sitting at lucasfilm um headquarters um because we we started our we went to the presidio uh on monday um which was our last full day there and we started at the lucasfilm headquarters um because that's right near the entrance and then we spent the day wandering all over Kingdom Come, up to the Golden Gate Bridge, and back. Um, and we spent probably about twenty minutes just sitting in the lobby at the end of our of our you know trek across the Presidio. Um, partly while we you know figured out where we were going to go eat, but also just you know sort of take it all in before they closed and that sort of thing and. And as someone who wants to work in the industry and wants to work on Star Wars and be involved from the creative aspect of Star Wars someday, sitting in that lobby, being that close to where everything was being made was really, really inspiring to me. And I, I didn't really – that didn't really sink in until like a day or two after I got home. But I was like, oh my gosh. Like, it was super comfortable, number one, to just sit there and hang out. Uh, number two, a bunch of the people walking in and out who had, like, the security badges to get back into places that we couldn't um, were, like, dressed super casual. Because it's all a bunch of, you know, computer nerds and techs that, you know, doing the animation and stuff like that. So, um, but it was a just an environment that I was like, I could totally work in a place like this. I could totally, you know, see coming in. Um, you know, saying hi to the, to the receptionist and going back, recording some stuff and leaving, you know, that, that sort of thing. It's like I could see myself working in an environment like this and creating in an environment like this. Um, and it was really kind of fascinating, you know, looking on it back in retrospect. And so I don't have a lot to say about it because I'm still processing all of that. Um, but it is one of those those things where the whole creative energy that creates Star Wars and makes Star Wars. And, and, you know, we're literally there where they're probably working on episode nine, where they're working on whatever the next, you know, standalone movie is going to be. 
Um, there's probably meetings about the next movie somebody is pitching or TV series that somebody is pitching um, going on around us. Um, it was like you know, it's the the hub, the 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 beehive, the of you know where all the creative stuff you know spreads out from. Um, and it was really inspiring to be there uh, for me. So I count that as my last of the the thin spaces I'll bring up here in this show. <laughs> no, nah, that's such a good one. I mean, I get it. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was such a great place to be. I mean, I mean, can you just imagine walking into work every day and you have to pass the Yoda statue? Oh, have to. Gosh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, I, literally, I would probably walk up and every time I would pass him, I'd say, it's the Star Wars show. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that that would be a great place to walk into every day. Yeah. I don't think it'd ever get old. Nope. And not for me, anyways. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Um, you know what? For the sake of time, I think uh, I had one other little one to, to share, but I'm, I don't need to bring it up because we've got almost two hours, and that's a lot longer than we normally like to go. So, um, and uh, but I mean, again, all all good things and all great things, and um, yeah, you know, it, it, hopefully this has inspired you to think about some of the things. That for you are thin spaces between the reality of Star Wars and the reality of your life. Um, and uh, where have you felt like you've crossed over? Because <laughs> um, I think <laughs> we've all had those experiences, even if we haven't been fortunate enough to go to some place like Rancho Obi-Wan or sit outside the Yoda statue at Lucasfilm. Um, but I think we've all had those experiences outside of those places, um, you know, with something as simple as going to see it in a movie theater. Um, right. You know, so yeah, maybe just be thinking about those. And as always, like, feel free to share some of those experiences, you know, uh, on our social media, you send us emails, whatever you want. Um, and uh, yeah, like, uh, we, we obviously took last week off, but we'll be back doing regular episodes as, as normal starting next week as well. Um, so, you know, definitely, uh, definitely st- stay on top of things with us, <laughs> stay on target. <laughs> stay on target. Loosen up. Not Walmart. Stay on target. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, we are, Katie, we're so happy that you're going to be a, a, a more formal part of the show moving forward, too. Very happy to be here, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. So smiling. See you, Nusa. Shout out to Padme. Looky, looky. Mr. Fellow's here. It's <laughs> a Jedi arriving. <laughs> all right all right my jar jar friends um go lick his tongue um <laughs> I, I can be so lucky <laughs> <laughs> now um <laughs> don't do that again <laughs> <laughs> so oh as i gosh. said we do have a matchup for next week's episode um mm-hmm. we haven't done a matchup in a while i think this will be a fun one yes um Shall I introduce it, Carl? Please. All right. Well, in this corner... No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but we're going to pit uh, someone from the prequel era versus someone from the sequel era. Uh, we're going to pit Asajj Ventress versus Rey. 
Ooh, Ooh, I love it. Yes, no, this is going to be a good matchup, I think. I I like the idea of this matchup, um, and it's probably going to make me go watch uh, an episode or two of Clone Wars just so I can have everything refreshed in my memory for who I think might win this matchup. (laughs) Good idea. Yeah, I'm currently rewatching Clone Wars and loving it. So I can't wait to. I hope they hope we get something cool from that panel this weekend at san diego comic-con where they celebrate the 10-year anniversary can't even think about it i because i'll just start falling down a rabbit hole of you know siege of mandalore movie they're gonna announce the siege of mandalore movie (laughs) 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 can't Uh, even ahsoka versus darth maul what are you gonna do katie i think what am i gonna do oh i think what does your heart tell you (laughs) (laughs) i would root for darth maul i would i have to I, I just I, I think it'd be great if we got some sort of announcement. I mean, there's no reason that they have to, but it'd be awesome if they ended it with that. I mean, the I think there's a possibility that we could see more Clone Wars in the future, uh, especially with Disney launching their streaming service next year. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's a possibility. I I you know I don't I'm, I don't have anything to back up that that theory or that that hope. Uh, but I think Clone Wars might be able to come back in some way uh, in the future. So we have hope. Yes. <laughs> we do. That's all we need. Fandoms are built on hope. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But Carl, if people want to weigh in on the episode or weigh in on our matchup of Asajj Ventress versus Ray, where can they do that? Uh, well, of course, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Wampuslayer podcast. Um, and like we were saying, please follow us on Twitter uh, at Wampuslayer. And you can always send us emails at podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show on our Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash podcast. Um, and we will be on top of putting out some more uh, material on that as well. So we look forward to seeing you there. Yes. And uh, be sure to follow Katie at at Poe Hot Dameron on Twitter. Uh, she's got, always got a lot of uh, all caps things to say about Star Wars. <laughs> I'm very passionate. Very passionate. <laughs> all right. Well, Carl, Katie, you got anything else before we wrap this up? Uh, uh, no. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And with that, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This has been episode number 292, Star Wars Pilgrimage. For Carl and Katie, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. <laughs>